Welcome to another episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast, journeys of descending into the mysteries and rising from the roots. I am your host, Lisa Hillier, spiritual mentor and priestess. I have guided hundreds of women through my online courses, one-to-one mentorship and Patreon portal into the mysteries within them to rise rooted into their sovereign selves. And today I have Karen Doshirti on the show with me. Since the discovery of her abilities, Karen has worked tirelessly to bring the world of spirit to those who need it most. From the UK to the USA, from Asia to Australia, clients from all over the world meet with Karen to receive readings, enroll in mentorships, and share a space for discussions on the power of spirit. A woman with spirit and a breath of fresh air, Karen offers a contemporary approach to psychic work and mediumship based on traditional principles, filled with love and compassion. She stands as one of the most reputable and skilled mediums in modern times. Can't wait to dive into this episode with you. Welcome, Karen. And to start, we're going to start with the big question of what has been the journey that has led you to the the work that you're offering the world today? It's lovely to be here. Um, My um, journey really started when I was very young, um, connecting with spirit, but not realizing that that was you know, taking place. Um, and I think that throughout the years of my life, even in teenage years and, and beyond that, um, it's something that I've always known was there. There's a connection to something, but I, I wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, and I think that through the development of that, the development of realizing that there is a spirit side to life, that there are things that we don't often see or always see. Um, I think that that has led me to further development. And and I was so excited to find out what this was about. And I kind of felt like it was a true me, if that makes sense. I was home. It was something that spoke to my soul very strongly, like I said, from a younger age. So the more development I I done and research and explored that, it kind of led me onto this path of working with this full time. And really since the day that I started to look into it, it's something that I have never looked back. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's something that has propelled me forward beyond any expectation I could have ever had. Beautiful. How have you cultivated those tools? I think those are the words, words that I'll use, but deepen that connection with spirit. And was there a time in your life where you felt very disconnected from it or has it always kind of been there? I think with any spiritual development, there are times where you can actually feel disconnected. And it's usually times where we maybe have things going on within our own lives, you know, that, that kind of keep us in the material rather than let us explore the, the other kind of connections that we might normally have. Um, one time, which was a massive time in my life, was when my own mum was ill um, and she 
went through cancer and she's now in the spirit side but whilst my mother was going through that illness and I was kind of her support to get her through that I felt very disconnected and really I suppose you would think at that time that would be the time where I should feel most connected um, but mm. it just doesn't work like that it's just something that if your mind is too clouded with things that are going on here that we don't control and and have no control of then it's it's a normal process with spiritual development that that you feel that disconnection a little bit more um and and really to kind of nourish myself with the spiritual development it, it did take a lot you know through all these years and it was something that I did have to develop so although I was a natural medium it, it took time to develop it and it's not something that can happen overnight it's something that takes years really and still is an ongoing thing uh, for me and I, I'll always develop in some way my mediumship will always develop and my connection and knowledge of spirit will always develop so it did take a lot of time but it didn't feel like a chore it didn't feel like it was work it just felt that at times it was difficult to find the connection and feel it but I knew that it could never really be lost if that makes sense hmm. yeah it feels like that guidance from the divine it it's never lost it's always there but sometimes we're just disconnected from seeing the signs mm -hmm. or, or receiving the guidance so it's it's always there mm -hmm. how do you connect with spirit does it come through visions or signs or symbols what does it look like for you it varies um sometimes it's really visual sometimes uh, you know I'll see spirit a lot when I'm communicating with them whether that's through meditation or whether that's through doing readings for other people it can be very visual I can see spirit people I might see their faces I may see a feature about them or they will show me their lives through vision, you know, what they seen when they were here. And um, so that kind of visual side to it can be very strong. Um, but likewise, the clear sentience, which is the clear feeling, is feeling that person stepping in, feeling their life, feeling what went on in their life, their emotions, their character, that works through the feeling aspect of things and hearing them too. You know, it, there's times where, I can be deep in concentration doing something else and all of a sudden I will hear somebody speaking. So they can use that faculty too. Um, and it varies depending on them. Uh, every spirit person will communicate the fastest way that they can communicate because there is a time frame, if you like, where that blending takes place. So if they can get the information and communication to me faster and use a different kind of faculty to do that, they will do that. So it really just depends on who they are and how they communicate and how their character is as well. So it does vary, but all in all, I mean, every form of communication is very valid. There's not one that should be more than the other. It should be a flow of things within mediumship. And, and that is how they speak to me. Connection to my guides, my helpers, you know, I like to call them my spirit team. 
uh, can vary too, but usually that will come when I'm meditating or when I'm quiet, when I'm in that place to receive that information. And they sometimes will communicate mainly with me on a feeling aspect to things, but they will also then show me things too. So probably visual and more of the feeling when it's guides and helpers, but with spirit communication with loved ones, it's usually all three. Mm, beautiful. So for, you know, your average person will say how, so my dad's passed, he passed quite some time ago, like 20, 20 years ago. Can I communicate with him? You know, I'll talk to him just random conversations or get upset or, or whatever, but are, am I receiving like signs and guidance from him? How can I interpret that? Yeah, absolutely. You are. Um, it's hard to interpret it though, isn't it? Because really the one thing that we have to remember is our minds are so clouded with things, but also mm. our imagination kicks in. So our mind can tell us that it's imagination more than anything. So say, you know, you might hear your father's voice within your own mind. Your mind will tell you that was your imagination or that's you wishing for that communication. Whereas in actual fact, it would be your father communicating, but it's very subtle. And it's learning to see that. It's learning to understand that if I feel that it's my dad communicating, then that is the truth. Whereas I think a lot of the time, because our mind is there really primarily to keep us safe and to give us guidance for things, um, it's easy for the mind to tell us it's not the case, that it's communication. Um, and really learning that different you know, that different way of learning to say to yourself, well, I believe that was my dad. So it is my dad. Um, that takes a lot because we are logical, you know, of the mm -hmm. mind. The mind is logical and the mind cannot perceive the information of the soul because it doesn't know what it is. It's just a completely different thing. Um, with your father as well, he will be showing you other signs. And this goes for anyone that wants to make that connection to spirit. I think one of the main things is to remember it is a two-way conversation. You can speak to your spirit people. You can ask them to show you things or ask you, ask them, sorry, to be there for you and give you those signs. But we have to learn that it might not come the way we want it to. So if your dad perhaps can only communicate a certain way because he has to work through the material world as well to get into your mind and or to show you things, then it might be something that's very subtle to your eye or something that he influences you to look at at that certain moment in time. Or perhaps it might be a piece of music that comes on and it would be your father's kind of music or a song that he liked. And then that's where we have to say, well, that's a sign rather than saying, well, that's coincidence or that could have happened. Or So it's, it's difficult to, to hear the signs sometimes or see them or feel them. But I think if we practice that and just understand that it happens, then that's that's us halfway there with it. Uh, and not forgetting as well that your dad in the spirit side wants to communicate. They, there's no one in spirit that doesn't want to let us know that they're all right or doesn't want to tell us that they're there at happy times, sad times, or just 
normal times of just having a conversation they still want to be an active part of our lives so it is up to us I feel sometimes to kind of stretch our minds open a little bit and just understand that they're not going to communicate the way they would if they were here with us physically but we have to be open to the signs too. Mm. I love that being open to the signs it's like seeing what's all around us as opposed to maybe having having the blinders on do you believe that everything happens for a reason or some things are just you know coincidence is a word that can be it's all like divine timing nothing's really a coincidence it's all a synchronicity what comes forward for you around that I think a mixture because I feel that there obviously are synchronicities. I believe in synchronicity. I believe that things happen for a reason if they are the bigger things in life. So, for instance, meeting someone that's meant to be in your life, that was always going to happen. Um, No matter how long it would take or how it could come about, if you're meant to have someone in your life, I believe that that would happen. Whereas there's other little things that happen that could be written off as coincidence. You know, we can't, I think sometimes we'll have to be careful on looking too much into it's Mm -hmm. always spirit or it's always, you know, the plan. We have to live our own lives here and we are responsible for our own lives and we have um, free will. So we can't always put it down to the great plan. But if it's something that impacts us in our life or makes a huge difference or makes us see something differently, then 100%, I believe that that is supposed to be, definitely. Mm. I like that because sometimes we can get, or I do anyways, get too wrapped up in the meaning of everything and what that meant and what that sign meant. And it can be, it keeps you in your head, or at least it keeps me in my head. No, it does. And I think it makes you overthink and it makes you then cautious about things or it makes you see things that aren't there sometimes. So it can actually do more damage than just remaining in the power of you and just realizing that we'll have to keep the the door open to keep the flow going of the life. If we get too much in our own head about something or overthink it, it actually damages us. You know, it, it stops us maybe from making the next move or it holds us within a space that maybe because we don't understand what's taking place right at that point in time, it holds us there rather than just kind of surrendering to it Mm -hmm. and saying, well, you know, if it's something that's supposed to come, it will. If it's something that's supposed to go, it will. And kind of trying to be a little bit freer with the whole flow of things as well. Mm, Feels like that releasing the shackles or confinements when you just allow life to flow. So with death and the spirit realms, you know, I've heard that there's a choice that we get to choose if we're going to the other side. And there's a choice if we want to come back and, and stay in this physical form. Does anything come up for you around that on what that transition into the spirit world looks like and and where it is that we go from here? Yeah, so for me, and again, I always should say that there are going to be differing opinions all the time. You know, there are going to be different kind of experiences for people. So I always say to anyone I work with, students or colleagues, you know, this has got to be something that's from your own personal 
kind of experience of spirit and working with them. But for me, um, I, I don't believe we get to choose when we go home to spirit. I feel that we are physical beings while we are here and the body can break just like a piece of machinery can break. You know, if the body gets an illness, for instance, like the example I used with my mother earlier, you know, it was a cancer that nobody could, there was no control over that illness. Um, so I don't believe that that was already preordained or decided before my mum came here. I believe that you come here for as long as you can be here and as long as your body allows you to be here. And then when the body is broken for whatever reason, um, then you will go home to spirit because that is us going home. Um, and I and so you see that in many ways where you'll say that someone was, you know, had an illness, but their fighting spirit kept them here for longer. Um, because that spirit is very, very strong. And if we can move past something, the spirit can take us there. Unfortunately, it can't cure illness um, because that is of the physical and that's a completely different thing. That doesn't mean you can't have healing from spirit or help from spirit to kind of push past things, but it would be healing of the, the spirit as well or healing of the soul to help you keep going. So that's a vast, vast subject. So for going home, I don't, I don't feel that that's prearranged or that we have the choice. Um, for coming back, so we're talking about reincarnation, uh, which is again a, a massive subject too mm. but reincarnation occurs from the spirit so you and I are both spirit in human form so my spirit when it goes home when I go home rather when Karen goes home to spirit I will remain there what what will happen though it, it, there's another emanation of my spirit. So it won't be me, Karen, that's coming to live this life again. It would be another emanation of the same spirit. Um, because once we have had our time here, once we have lived the physical, it wouldn't make sense that we get to then choose to come back all over again. It, but part of our spirit does. Does that make sense? It's quite, it's a complicated yes. subject. <laughs> <laughs> Many layers very many a lot of layers to that so then just, sorry sorry I was just going to say to simplify it, if you think about a diamond there are many different facets to the diamond mm. so if you could think of Karen my journey here at the moment my this soul that's here just now is a facet or it's one of the faces on the diamond there might be another facet of the diamond that then incarnates and comes here but it's of the same diamond just maybe that would simplify it a, a, a bit um but that's why I said it's a massive subject but um ultimately I think we have choice when we are there to for part of us to incarnate I do believe that is more of a choice than when we're going home mm, okay and so we would have rememberings of those past yes absolutely because you're connected you know like it's the same spirit so it's a connection Okay. It's fascinating. Kind of hard to wrap your mind around, you know. It is. It yeah. is. It is a and it is a big subject. And I think this is one thing that I feel quite passionate about the education side of things because I think that we all hear terminology uh, as in 
in a past life this is what I done so this is why it's affecting me in this life Mm. Uh, so people readily kind of accept now that there's a past life that they've had a past life but sometimes I feel like that can maybe slow us down a little bit because really the incarnation that we're having is meant to be about us in this incarnation sometimes if people put things down to everything in the past it can also slow them down or it can condition their mind to think that maybe there's something not right or that maybe there's this is the reason why I'm like this so then it takes away the personal responsibility kind of thing so Mm -hmm. I think there's there's probably a good side and a not so good side to everything I I I think but until obviously we are there we can't be 100% sure we can only go on obviously guidance that comes forward from spirit Mm, yeah do you believe that we come back for a certain amount of lives kind of to go through lessons? Like you hear beliefs, I'll call them, that we come back for a certain amount of lives and then to go through karma to receive lessons. And then eventually we don't come back into this earthly realm anymore. We ascend. Yeah, I think definitely there's part of that or the most part of that is true. I I do feel that there is something about the learning of the lessons and the understanding. Um, I also feel that in the spirit side, though, it's not necessarily, necessarily true that you have to come here to learn that because you can learn in the spirit side as well. So if, for instance, I passed away, go over to spirit, go back home it will be that I go back in at the level of my understanding that doesn't mean I can't then continue to learn and develop over there and ascend that way and and never come back here again you know that I I think is is an open choice as well um and I think that question I get asked a lot is well if you're speaking to my mother who's in the spirit side what if you try to make a connection and she's not there? What if she's came back and see this is mm. where the confusion and, and actually can give people a little bit of, of anxiety about because they want to know that they will see their loved one again. Um, and my answer to that is, well, that's not going to happen because, as I said before about the emanation and the different facets of the diamond, but also, uh, you know, it takes a long, 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 long time in human years to ascend to a level where you would no longer have that that connection to the loved ones here so for instance in the spirit side if I choose to ascend in spirit when I get to a certain level in the spirit side through development it you become the light you become part of you know the 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 greater uh, spirit so you don't hold on to your character quite the same so the character of Karen might not always be there if I choose to keep ascending uh, mm-hmm. but that takes a long 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 time so therefore your loved ones who are kind of what we say right next door if you like they will always be there like your father although he's been over in spirit for 20 years he's still going to be there he's still going to be connected to you and a medium will be able to make that connection I have wondered that question that you just beautifully answered. I'm like, well, I wonder if he's like reincarnated and living a a different life on earth, but that facets of it make sense. And then I also was kind of like, well, I think 
we can be here, but we can also be in multiple places at once. Like that whole time and space is an illusion, which starts to mm-hmm. make my mind boggle a little bit or <laughs> mine too. <laughs> it's like, but but you are right, you know, we can be in different and if you think of a, of spirit, for instance, so if I'm speaking to someone in the spirit side, um, and I'm I have a client on Zoom and the client may be in America or Australia or Canada, their loved one is with me, giving me communication, but their loved one is also with them. So there is no there's there's no time, there's no space, there's no boundaries in the spirit side. So in that essence, we can be everywhere at the same time. It's only here in the physical that we are, you know, kind of have to live the life that we're living and and that way it's a bit more rigid. But in spirit, there's there's none of that. There's no boundaries. Mm, it's fascinating. It's very fascinating. So with um, you know, going into the spirit realms, and you spoke a little bit to it earlier on there for a moment, um, just that healing and grieving. So we can do our loved ones when they pass, do they go through a grieving process? Do they go through a healing process? I know when my dad did die, it was suddenly, and we went to a medium and she spoke about that he was in shock and wasn't ready to leave and all that that kind of stuff. So kind of what he was going through on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, so absolutely we do go through grieving on the other side. So if you think about it, you've mentioned your father and because he left suddenly, how would that make him feel? Or he would have to come to terms with the fact that he was no longer physical. So for sure, he would have been grieving and accepting his situation and, and kind of knowing you know what's taken place however he is home so the minute we go home to spirit we know where we are we know why we are there we understand all of that aspect to it it's more it's more just about accepting that we're not going to have that physical touch you know having a hug with our family or doing something physical that's the part that we will come to terms with and also you know they can see us grieving for them So that's hard to watch from that perspective as well. So there is a period of adjustment. There is a period of understanding, you know, where, how things are going to progress, but there's never anyone that crosses over that is stuck because you hear this, you hear quite a lot of people talking about earthbound spirits or spirits that haven't gone into the light. It's something that I've heard numerous times over all of the years. And my feeling is on that is quite strong in the fact that when we are spirit, we know we are spirit. So when we go home, we know where we are and we know that if we need any period of adjustment, it comes from that side and not this side. So when you hear maybe um, mediums talking about rescuing spirits or or even more so mediums saying they're, you know, telling them to go into the light, they don't need that. They know where they are. They, they're not mm. stuck anywhere. But it might be that it's a lot for them to come to terms with the fact that they have to move on. 
So that's where I think there's confusion about that part of things. Um, and the healing that you mentioned and asked about, the healing is for both sides because there's not anyone here that is not affected by someone they love passing away and neither is, is it in the spirit side that they wouldn't be affected by the fact that their loved ones are grieving. So it is something that both sides, you know, both sides, um, I suppose not worry about, but have to deal with. Um, the only difference I would say is the grief in the spirit side of things is different to ours because they still know that they are alive. They still know that they can see us and be with us anytime. Mm. And they know undoubtedly that we will be with them again. So that grief is slightly different than the people left behind who don't know where their loved one is. And maybe they don't have beliefs in the spirit side. So it's very final. You know, but in the spirit side, we know it's not final. Mm, yeah, beautiful. It feels like the vastness is there where they can see everything and just that inner knowing where we have to search for that or some of us have to search for those signs and um, voices or deep knowing in our bones that they're still living on, just not in this physical realm with mm -hmm. us. So with your mediumship, um, do you see the future for your clients? Is that part so of it? It it can be in a way that you can see the potential for things to come. So it might be if a client comes to me and wants a psychic reading rather than a mediumship, because obviously mm. mediumship is that of the spirit. Psychic is more about me linking with them and their soul and their path and everything to do with their own life. Uh, and if that's the case, I can definitely pick up on the potential for things that are coming in. Uh, you know, if someone's, for instance, waiting to hear about a house move or a relationship or, you know, anything pertaining to the life, if I can see it, I will let them know that I can see that. Um, it's not always visible. It's not because... There's obviously, again, this uh, free will and I can't influence someone on what they should choose or what they should do. Uh, but if they need something, if they need a glimpse of something, then more often than not, that that will happen. Mm. So it'd be like the potential. I like that because it feels like there's multiple potentials. Is that fair to say in our life? Yes, absolutely. And it, it, some people use the term prediction um, or premonition has been used as well. I think with prediction, that's a difficult one because when someone comes to you, it's usually, you, you well, you have to be evidential with what you're giving them. So if someone was to come to me and I just started saying out of nowhere that, oh, you know, in, in 2025, this is going to happen and X, Y, and Z will happen, they walk away just waiting for that time or what's going to happen in their life, whereas they have to live now. So that's mm. why I tend to say it's the potential, you know, that that will happen or something will come in. That doesn't mean it's not accurate. It doesn't mean that something you might pick up on something in 2025, but you don't want to give someone this feeling of living for then they have to live for now so there is a responsibility with the way a medium really portrays the the evidence and and gives that over to someone which is why I would say it's potential rather than 
you know, a steadfast decision-making process. Mm, yeah. I had a psychic reading, I think when I was 15 and a lot came true, it definitely did come true, but there was some things and there is definitely the potential for it to come true, but it hasn't fully come true yet. But I, I can say that I've always had that lens throughout my whole life of mm -hmm. what I was told at a young age. And so that and so looking at it as potential. Yeah. And it's not that you've worked to that. Obviously you get on with life and, you know, you see just what unfolds as well. Um, but we have to remember as well that decisions we can take. So I can say to someone, well, I can see that you're going to meet this partner, uh, you know, in two years time. Um, but maybe the person gets into a relationship before then with someone that they're not supposed to be with, but they stay in the relationship, then that's going to knock the timing off for the person who's coming into the life. So we have to realise that there is that um, personal choice side. And again, that's why I would use potential because I can say to someone the potential for that is there but you have to make the right choices to get to that or you have to walk your path in order for things to come in so the medium's not really in control of when that event might happen but if we, like if I feel really strongly about something I will say that's definitely going to take place regardless that's a life event and that's going to take place other times I use different terminology and say well you have to make the right choices to get to you know x y and z mm. so that you know we've all heard that saying probably multiple times like if it's meant to be it'll be you know exactly and so for you is are there contracts we'll call them that are meant to play out in this lifetime kind of going with that if it's meant to be it'll be Mm -hmm. I do think that there are things that are meant to happen in your life. I do feel particularly strong about the people that are in your life and the events that happen around those people in order mm. to teach you something. So I believe that that is something that is predestined, you know. Um, but on the, the flip side of that, I also believe as an example I just used about relationships, for example, you know, you can be with a wonderful person that maybe you're not supposed to be with long term, but you stay because your conditioning is it feels safe, it feels good. Mm -hmm. You know, why would I go anywhere else? But your soul's not being nourished. And sometimes I think that we have to, that's what we need to pay attention to a little bit more is that intuition that psychic side to ourselves where we know what's for us and maybe what's not for us but I think because we have emotion and because other things come into play perhaps our our childhood or other things that have conditioned us or we might feel sorry for someone so we don't move on something all of these things I feel are kind of thrown in to teach us something, not to hinder the process, but just to teach us something so that we become more evolved within ourselves and know what the soul needs rather than what the mind wants, because there is a big mm. difference with that as well. So although I do believe in contracts of some sort or a feeling of things are predestined sometimes, I also feel like we are at the it's at our control basically but we don't often realize that yeah kind of those belief systems that 
get embedded into our, our psyche and our programming and fears and all that kind of stuff. We can keep mm-hmm. ourselves separate and in other, other relationships or scenarios. Absolutely. And these are the, these are the relationships and scenarios that we learn from. So it's not a bad thing, even if it's something that you go through, um, something that's not been great for you or didn't feel good, or maybe it's a bit toxic at times um, for your soul. It's something you go through. And I don't I don't know that anyone should have regrets or worry about, you know, oh, I was, I've wasted 10 years of my life in something I don't feel that we should get hung up about that I feel like it's more a case of just understanding that that taught us something to empower us to move us forward even though it might have been very very difficult at the time Mm, yeah are there tools that you use or recommend for people to deepen that connection to their intuition because when we're deeply connected to our intuition we we hear the voice of our soul that is leading on us on a different path than maybe the voice of our mind? Sure. Meditation is the biggest one, I would say. Now, when I talk about meditation, I was the worst person for meditation. I had this mind that did not quieten down. It was difficult for me to sit in a room and meditate for an hour at a time, which I thought you had to do. And I thought that was all part of your development. Obviously, then moving forward I learned I have to do it my way it's just something that has to come from me Uh, and my way was to walk in nature or to just have 10 minutes of sitting in the quiet so that I could really get the benefits out of that time and and that quiet time within me and meditation is a very passive thing so that is where you go to hear your soul speak that is where you go to hear that of the higher self so meditation would be my biggest tip for anybody or tool for someone who wants to feel that connection within themselves But I also feel that sometimes we live in a world at the moment, well, not just at the moment, but over recent years where everything is so fast, you know, everything's express, everyone gets, if they want something, they go and get it. If they want to find something out, they Google it. Everything's like at your fingertips. And I think with any kind of spiritual development, it can't be like that. It has to be something that you dedicate yourself to, even if it's just five minutes here and there. Even if it's just saying, I'm going to have one walk a week where, you know, I'm going to be outside. I'm going to kind of try to connect a little bit with nature or connect with myself and just take myself out of, you know, everyday situations just to feel that or hear that voice. It's a dedication that needs to continue. And it doesn't need to be you know every week it doesn't need to be every day it can just be when you can do it when you can fit that in but if you're trying to kind of elevate yourself to the point of hearing your inner voice then that's what needs to be done uh, to do that because we live in such a noisy world don't we we live Mm -hmm. everything so fast-paced and noisy all the time and social media and you know computers and phones and just all technology and that takes us away in some in a lot of respects from the inner voice so it's making that time that's the first thing uh, for that and the other the other thing I would say is trust that it's there you know develop that trust of you 
because I think sometimes also what we do is we trust other people or we trust other situations or someone might give us guidance and we listen to them, but we don't often listen to ourselves. And it's not until after the fact that we might say, I knew, I knew I shouldn't have taken that path or I knew that wasn't the job for me, but we've kind of put ourselves through something to gain that knowledge where if we can strengthen that inner voice right from the start then we will listen to our own hunches we will listen to that intuition mm, yeah that noisy world aspect we definitely live in a very noisy world at the minute and I don't know if you've experienced this but it feels like people are opening up to their gifts at a very rapid rate as well and in my experience a lot of that has been feeling everybody else's energy and it can be really intense when you go out into the world and and for you do you feel everybody's energy do you see visions with everybody or is that something that you can turn off and on and and what would you recommend for people that are maybe feeling too much in the world right now I mean I think you're absolutely correct in what you say about people opening up to other energy and, and feeling other people's energy. And I think after what everyone's gone through over the last two or three years with, you know, the uh, COVID and everything that happened and the way it affected people, uh, I, I feel like there was some form of um, great connection between people throughout that. You know, I feel that we all kind of, understood and came together on so many levels sometimes it tore people apart there was all these energies going on all these different aspects of things going on and I think because of that we learned to engage with other people more or engage with you know what was going on in the whole world and not just in our you know in our own home sort of thing so I think that's kind of um, escalated a little bit where we do tend to feel everything on such a sensitive level now with other people um, for myself as a medium obviously I've known how to switch my awareness on and switch off so after a day of readings for instance when I go home I don't think about the readings I don't stay in the energy of them I make a cup of tea I speak to the kids I, I maybe watch a bit of tv just in order to kind of take myself away from the the intensity of that uh, and I think that it's something that I just practice as a rule you know it's something that's quite natural to me I don't need to think about it so as far as picking up on everyone's energies or, or certain situations I don't usually, unless I know that I'm switching my awareness to it. I, I, mm. I'm very aware at that moment in time that I'm feeling something or, you know, connecting with someone. Uh, that's not to say it doesn't happen. You know, there's times where I don't necessarily feel that I'm aware of it in that moment, but then something comes flooding in and I'm like, oh, you know, and it catches me unawares. It happened a couple of times last week, uh, two different situations where, I wasn't even, I didn't even think I was switched on to it or I didn't, you know, I was busy doing my usual, you know, going to the gym, picking up shopping, doing whatever. And all of a sudden things were just popping in for someone. So it can happen in a natural way as well, if it's supposed to. Um, but I think it's more about understanding 
for everyone, not just mediums. It's an understanding of other people's energy can affect you. And if you're open to it all the time or you're feeling it all the time, there's something you need to do to learn not to do that, mm-hmm. um, which is perhaps learning more about how it works, how energy works, how it does flow. Um, and it might help you switch off from it a little bit more because it can be very depleting. It can be quite draining. It's like, you know, for years and years, I've not listened to, you know, hard things on the news or because for me, it stays with me and I know it does. So I know straight away I am not going to sleep tonight. It's going to affect me. It's going to stay in my mind. So I can't do that. So I have to look after my energy and say, I know it's going on. I don't need to watch it and be bombarded with it because I can't deal with that. So it's about knowing your own sensitivity levels as well. Mm, Yeah. Are there any practical tools that come to mind for the one that's kind of just noticing that they're really feeling everybody's energy? Like I know I've heard visualize yourself in a white light before you go out into the world or cut cords, anything like that that comes to mind for you? I mean, these are good visualization techniques. Um, So if you tell the mind that you're cutting cords and you're visualizing that, then you will definitely feel like that's taking place. But I think there's um, slightly simpler ways to do it, which would just be to understand it. Mm. So if you go out in the world and suddenly you're feeling depleted or you're feeling someone else's energy, then it's observe that thought, know that thought, and then just tell your mind at that point in time, okay, felt it, seen it, thank you very much, and let it go. It's about letting things move through you rather than becoming, you know, embroiled in it. Um, And that does take practice. So it's not something that I would say everyone's going to manage within the first day. But I think if you realise that your thoughts are an observation of what's taken place, then you can understand that I can control that aspect to it. I I can step back from that. Um, By all means, visualisation, if it helps you, use it. You know, putting yourself in a bubble, putting yourself in white light, like you say, all these things, it will help you understand what you're doing as a little procedure. But I think you can become quite adept at doing it without needing to go through a ritual to get there. I think it can come as a point of, oh, I can feel that, I've noticed that, I'm not doing that. And it's it's just an instruction to the mind to shut that down, but it's also, in a way, uh, an instruction to yourself, your inner self, to say, I've noticed that, I know why I'm getting it, but I, I have to do this today or I can't submerge myself in that. That's powerful. That awareness of it's just somebody else's energy that I'm feeling. It's probably not mine can be enough. And it's so easy to start to cultivate that on a daily basis so that you're not getting drugged down the rabbit hole of like, what's wrong? Why is this happening? Kind of, you know, the rabbit hole that we can go down where it's just simply, this is somebody else's, or I'm just feeling energy and it's okay. It's very natural. When you're an empath as well, or a sensitive um, it's natural for you to pick up on other people's energy. It's natural for you to do that. So I think one thing that I learned through my development 
it took a long time but it was the feeling of it's okay to detach from someone else Mm. Uh, I think if you're a people pleaser or someone who wants to make sure other people are okay before yourself sometimes we kind of get into things like into other people's situations or or feel it on such a powerful level that it's hard to shake it off so we feel like what can I do about this? And then like we were saying earlier about then getting into the mind with that, it ruminates and then it, mm. you're overthinking it. So really it is just, a, it is quite simple in saying it's okay for me to, to detach from that. That's not my stuff. That's not my energy. But if it's, for instance, someone you pick up on that's having a bit of turmoil or a bit of trouble in their life, send them healing. I'm sending that person love and healing and hope that it helps detach. And it's the only way sometimes, especially if you are sensitive, it's the only way to preserve your own energy level. Mm, Yeah. I remember when the Roe and Wade um, thing happened in the States around abortion where, and abortions became illegal again in some parts of mm-hmm. of the states and I would go out in public and it was like my womb was raging and I didn't like it I didn't like it at all and I just had to come into that place of like this I'm just feeling the intensity of every woman that is upset right now rightfully so and I can move that energy in a way Absolutely. that feels really good and and yet, you know, I think there's something to be said in recognizing that it does mean that you care. It does mean mm-hmm. that you're picking up on it for a reason. It does mean that it's saying something to you. But then to move past it, you have to move past it or else, you know, at the amount of clients that I speak to, um, if I got caught up in everything mm-hmm. all the time, I wouldn't be able to then serve my next client because I would be stuck in the energy of what was said before. Um, And that doesn't mean you're not um, empathetic to someone or sympathetic to them or really care. And I have to tell you that the biggest thing for me throughout my mediumship has been learning this, like that you have to do that because I I would just say, you know, just come and live with me. You know, I'm Mm. one of these people that's very much like, what can I do to help? Or, Or how can I do that for you? Um, so it's been a big learning curve but I think that it's it's right to recognize that you have that heart you have that soul you have that connection to other humans in this world that are maybe going through things that upset them or, or change their energy or the dynamic and you know there are worldly things going on all the time that can affect you as well so if you got caught up in every little thing and didn't recognize that it wasn't yours, then you would live your life in a very different way. And that's not fair either. Mm, yeah. Yeah. We have to clear, clear all the stuff and be fully present in the now and in our own life and own experience in a really beautiful, beautiful way. Do you work with the Akashic records then when you're doing your mediumship? Is that part of it? I mean, I feel that it's there and it's in the kind of background of what's taken place within mediumship itself, but it's not something that I look too deeply into when I'm working, only because if someone comes to see me and I'm looking at them, their soul, their life, their path, 
and even that of mediumship connected to them and loved ones that they might have, then that then as a medium, I can do that well without looking too far into the other stuff or or having to describe you know the depths of what's taking place or the mechanics of what's mm. taking place personally for me everyone is different every person that comes to me is different and have different needs so I can't say there's one hard and fast rule for how my mediumship works but in general it's not something that I concentrate on I would rather just kind of go with the energy of the person in front of me and then ask their loved ones and guides and helpers to come in and and go that way. Mm, beautiful. For people that are wanting to deepen a connection with their guides, with their spirit guides, does anything come to mind of how they can start to deepen that connection? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that the one of the biggest things, like I said, is the understanding the meditation side of it first, but also then recognizing that you don't need to chase this I think I I tell all my students I I do a mentorship six-month mentorship at a time and I tell all my students the same thing don't don't run and chase this because really you have to understand the intelligence of spirit and you have to understand that you have a whole spirit team there's a whole host of you know of minds great minds in the spirit side that are guiding you and helping you so Sometimes I think we look for this one guide or maybe two guides that we want to know and we want to know names and we want to know where they're from and how why are they our guides and all of this. And our imagination loves that because then what happens is things will come in and we'll think that means it's true. And it isn't always. Sometimes it is the greater imagination that's that place. So what I would say to people is don't chase it. But if it comes to you through meditation, then believe it. Um, I I was really working as a medium for quite a few years before I knew any of my guides. I, I just trusted they were there and I didn't really try to look into it too much. But then it presented itself in a way that I couldn't deny. So another thing that you might be able to do in time is research the information that's coming up about a spirit guide or someone who you believe to be your spirit guide and it might be that there is actual evidence here in this world about that person or about the information they're giving you so one of my main guides red feather he gave me I didn't know he was there I didn't I, I mean I felt that there was guides there obviously when I was working or meditating but this particular day I was shown um what looked like children's hands digging in the earth and I didn't know what they were showing me I was like I don't know what this is and I just kept saying you know red it's red it's red clay or it's red earth or it's red something and then right at the last minute I seen a, a red feather so I was like okay not a clue what any of it meant but it stayed with me so I thought I'm going I'm going to try and research this what would I see so I typed in red earth or red clay because both of those things came up and it came up as sacred ground um of the Cherokee um mm. Indian tribe so I was like oh okay so that's strange so I looked into Cherokee and up came red feather and I knew that I'd seen red feather now that doesn't mean it's the red feather of that particular tribe at that moment in time. But what they were trying to show me is that I do have 
a guide of the name Red Feather and it gave me that focus. Now, since I do trans mediumship as well, so since I've been working in trans and developing my trans mediumship, he's came through many, many times where other people have seen him. So I, that was only because I seen that one vision. It wasn't because I was looking for that or trying to preempt what was taking place. So one of my biggest tips to my students is please don't chase it. Let them show you. They will show you when they are ready. You don't need to worry about this. Um, because I think there is a little bit of a thing that goes on where people need to know. You know, we as human beings need to know. We, that's, we want to know the answers. Um, but sometimes really it's up to spirit to show us the way. Mm. What's trans mediumship? Trans mediumship is where you're just going into a deeper altered state. Mm. So when I work with spirit ordinarily, like if I was speaking to you and bringing through mediumship, that's an altered state because we are altering our focus. So we're not really present here fully we're kind of in in the process of communication but trans mediumship is just like a deeper altered state where sometimes um the faces you know the faces can be put in front of your face people that are sitting in the room watching you in trance can see faces of other people coming up um or it might be that you speak in trance so you it's your vocal cords it's your voice but there could be a different accent there could be different words that are used there could be a different language you're not too aware of what's happening when you're in trans a deeper trans mediumship but you're always in control so you can come out of it you know um it's it takes a lot of years to develop trans mediumship in many ways um but it's it's amazing it's absolutely amazing the things that happen while you do that. Mm, beautiful. That sounds very powerful. Very, very powerful. What has been your biggest lesson along the way? My biggest lesson along the way, I would have to say, is about trusting me and realizing my true essence, realizing that, you know, all of the things I felt as a, a young child, all of the things that I've gone through in my life, just really trust my own power because we really don't know how powerful we are, but really don't. We think we do, but there's such a different level to us, our higher self. If we just trust and believe in that, it propels us forward in a whole different way. It's a different dynamic. And I think it took me a long time in my life to learn that, even through my development, you know, my spiritual development, my mediumship development, it still took me time to understand and truly believe that this is what you're supposed to do. This is you, this is your true essence. So I sometimes look back and think, oh, I wish I'd you know, seen that sooner or I wish I had been aware of that. But obviously it happens the way it happens and you take the lessons from that. But that for sure has been my biggest lesson um, throughout mm -hmm. all of this because mediumistic development also develops you in such a personal way too. It changes your outlook, it changes your aspect of things, it changes relationships, it changes everything. And it's not something that you take on lightly because there will be, you know, there will be a result of that. There will be things that happen in your life. But again, I tell my mentorship students all the time, don't be frightened of it because if you weren't ready for that, it wouldn't happen. But just be aware that lessons can be learned that way. Mm. 
Beautiful. How do you experience the mysteries? Within my mediumship. Um, I experience them kind of all differently at all different times. Um, I don't think there's one answer that fits everything. The way that I am astounded at spirits communication, I can come home from an event, uh, you know, an audience gathering and be absolutely like blown away with what happened, the evidence or how spirit communicated with me. And that's not because I don't believe in my ability because I do or I wouldn't go out and do it, but it's they amaze me spirit amaze me every single day and that never gets old you know that's something that happens every single day um and that experience of that and experiencing what I think I know about spirit which I feel over the the years is is quite vast and in, in my studies and everything that I've researched and and just in my work sometimes you then are reminded that oh no there's like a whole other thing, you know, there's something else that you can look into as well. So I think that I look at it with fresh eyes most of the time. I, I can't say to you that there's not times where I am exhausted or that my energies are low or, you know, that it's it's harder to work sometimes if I've been ill or something, you know. But in the main, I never look at mediumship or take it for granted. I look at it in a way that, wow, I am amazed I get to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that each experience is different. Every time I work with spirit, something different happens. Mm, beautiful. How do you root into the self? Are there practices that you use to root into the self? Really, it's about um, understanding, firstly, that your spirit uh, and and not human so we are spirit in human form or in physical form uh, so realizing and understanding that I think helps root me within that so there might be a day where things are tough like when my mum was ill mm -hmm. um, those were tough days you know I had to I knew that spirit were there I could feel them around her for instance I knew she was dying. It was difficult to deal with because you, you take yourself out of the mediumship role and you're just a mother and a daughter. So you're going through the same grief process that everyone else goes through. Those, those were tough days. So in those days, I had to remind myself, no, no, get back to your spirit. You're, you can't stay in the human in, in total. You have to remember who you are. And I think that's something that I continue to practice all the time just reroute myself if I if I feel like I'm going amiss or I feel like things are tough it's rerouting myself in that you know your spirit and that that brings huge empowerment to anything yeah I think that's a powerful message right now with so much going on in the world and so much noise in the world that we get caught up in it and mm -hmm we get caught up in the very human aspects of this experience and that coming back to spirit and to truth can be really empowering where the anxiety might not get so intense or, you know, all the things that people are, are navigating right now. Yeah. Is there yeah. anything else that you want to add to this conversation? Any offerings that you have coming up or anything that's on your heart before we close? 
I think uh, I said to you earlier that a big part of this is education for me and talking about it. I think that because there are so many different different opinions or, you know, it's a very personal thing to people. Some people believe it, some people don't. That's always going to be the way. So I would never try to tell someone it has to be that way or this is the right way, my way is the right way. But what I would say is if you do have listeners that, really do want to look into it or really are very interested in spiritual aspect to things then uh, as mentioned I do a mentorship uh, every six months but there's different admissions at different times so it runs for six months um, that's available on my website karenpsychic.com um, where I can answer questions for people, give them information about things, even if it's not about a mentorship. You know, I'm very passionate in helping and aiding people to understand the intelligence of spirit and what that involves. So um, the mentorship programme is an excellent way to do that. But should any of your listeners have questions, then they can they can get in touch. Mm, beautiful it'll be in the show notes where everybody can reach out to you and experience your magic thank you so much for this conversation it was beautiful thank you for inviting me I I love speaking about it and I love telling people about it so it's been a pleasure Mm. Thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast please like share download subscribe if you enjoyed this episode and i will see you next week for another episode on the phoenix rising podcast sending so much love